Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Woodhounds. My name is Joe, and I'm sitting here with my very good friend, Dan. Dan, why don't you tell the world hello? Hello, Woodhounds. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Um, great to be here again. Well, I think so anyway. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to, I don't know how, how things are going down here in this Woodhound studio. Every time I come down here, it's, you know, I got to deal with these flights and I don't know, it gets me a little cranky. Yeah. And to make things worse, I had just, <laughs> I just had some hot peppers and I've been sneezing and blowing my nose and Dan is getting pretty agitated with me. So yeah. if you, <laughs> if you hear some weird noises, guys, uh, Lesson learned, do not eat hot peppers before you go live with a podcast. Tip of the day right there. That's yeah. all we got. All right, see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that might be a good way to keep things exciting, though, in the wood yard. If you do get bored stacking wood or or splitting, just start eating hot peppers and then, uh, and then try to do it like that. Oh, man. Well, yeah, these things were very good, though, but they snuck up on me. I love spicy food. <laughs> and 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 they didn't taste that spicy but then the next thing i know i can't even see straight well so, yeah i yeah i cannot handle spicy food not a fan no? not a fan no. my stomach is made of steel <laughs> uh, the spice the spicier the better for me yeah so how are you doing dan well not too bad i'm uh i'm starting to enjoy i think what is it now the 118th day of january uh so but i don't want i don't want to talk about the weather so you know i'm not going to mention how crappy it's been and how oh. i haven't seen the sun and how it's finally starting to feel like spring and it's almost may i'm not going to talk about that so yeah otherwise I'm everyone <laughs> everyone in ohio has a vitamin d deficiency this month it's just it's been terrible and then we had we had snow and then we went to 80 degree weather over the weekend and by wednesday it was snowing again yeah april yeah. has been insane yeah it's just been awful and everything's just drenched it rains constantly and my place looks terrible just the mud and i haven't cleaned up because it's hard to clean up you know chafe and and sawdust when it's just soaking wet and mush on the ground yeah not fun no but as they say well if every day was sunshiny we would all live in a desert so let's take the good <laughs> let's take the good with the bad but someday i'd like to have some good i guess i'm not asking for too much no but otherwise everything good with you you know everything good yeah everything weekend? everything's well i think my sales are a little slower and i still don't know if the pandemic had played a role with our sales because we had a big year last year and i'm still too new in it to see trends you know through the months but i had a huge april last year and my april this year has been good but it's not as good as last year so we were a little bit slower, but that still got me a chance to make wood, which was a problem for me last year. I didn't have enough uh -huh. going into the fall. Yep. So everything that we're doing now has been about, about production. But again, you know, when it's pouring down rain, uh, we don't we don't work. Right. Yeah. I I think the same for me. My April was pretty slow on the at the stand, and I think just the weather, you know, just played a huge factor. Yeah, I think now. 
to everyone is shifting gears from the fireplace and they're looking to get that wood pit started. Yes. I did get a number of calls. So there seems to be a growing trend in our area. I would imagine it's everywhere with these home pizza ovens and they're wood fired. You know, they're out on their back patio. Yes. Yes. There has been, it seems to be a growing trend and people uh, want, you know, like smaller splits. And that's where my wood is, is ideal for for these pizza ovens so i have two deliveries next week going to home wood-fired pizza ovens kind of exciting oh yeah that's kind of fun exciting Mm -hmm. i'm i'm uh, actually i'm hoping to open up my outdoor fire pit this weekend possibly we'll see (laughs) but but yeah i think that season is we're making the change the transition from indoor fireplaces to the outdoor fire pit Mm-hmm. The other thing, too, that helps me out are these restaurants. I have a whole uh, list of restaurants I deliver to, and you know, their consumption is consistent. So it doesn't matter what the weather's like. Uh, you know, they yeah. seem, I have restaurants that average about a quart a month. Some average a half a quart a month. Some average a quarter quart a month. So I just have a sense you know, when they're going to be calling for their next delivery, and, and we're loaded up and we're ready to go. Yeah, and to have those deliveries ready, I'm guessing you need to have all your wood stacked and seasoned, right? <laughs> yeah, so that is, you know, that's the big deal with restaurants is that when you deliver to residential, especially this time of the year, these could be people looking to buy their wood for the winter time, so they're going to just stack it and let it dry out. But uh, restaurants, they need it to burn now. Yes. So the emphasis is on stacking and drying it's a big deal yeah we actually had uh we received an email from uh from mark mark nelson sent us an email um and he was kind of wondering about the different methods that we use for both stacking and seasoning and the you know how you achieve the best results well you know though dan this is our new segment of the podcast and this is known as listener mail Listener mail. Yes, we received quite a few emails. Um, we got one from uh, Christopher Artman, and then there was uh, Mike Bates, another Mike, uh, John Jurek, and our good friend uh, Kevin Skitter Kev up in Canada even sent us an email. Skitter Kev. Yes, and it was funny because his email was um, he was listening to our podcast in his processor. And we had mentioned on the podcast of him being in the processor. (laughs) (laughs) We're clairvoyant. We knew that was going to happen. So, yeah, we appreciate everyone who's emailed us and uh, just keep sending them in. You can email uh, thewoodhounds at gmail.com. Yeah, and then there's a good chance that we will mention your name or even read your email, your thoughts on, on the air. So let me go back to Mark's email here. And like I said, he was wondering um, with the, with the many different ways to dry and stack and season wood, sometimes it depends on like what region you're in. And there's also various factors like the type of wood that you are uh, seasoning. So he just wanted us to kind of discuss possibly like what methods we use, what we think is possibly the best way to stack and how long to stack and season wood. Well, thank you, Mark, for that email. And I think this is a great topic for our uh, episode today, Dan. What do you think? Yes, because I All recently right. experienced um, 
a alternative method that I tried for seasoning wood that eh, didn't really turn out as great as I had thought. No? All right. So just so everyone knows, let's let's properly define seasoned wood. Because, as, you know, what we've learned with a, an earlier episode about measurements, you know, there's a lot of freelancing out there on what means what. But in firewood, you know, people will always say, is the wood wet? Is the wood dry? And the confusion is if the wood was left out in the rain, did it get rained on? Is it wet? Yep. What we are talking about seasoning is the moisture content inside of the log. So remember, a tree, when it's alive, has its roots in the ground and it's taking all the water out of the ground and up through the tree and all the way out to the tips of the branches and the leaves, and it's full of water. When it's cut down, the tree's still full of water. And when you make firewood, you have to cut it and then split it. And that's when the drying or the seasoning process begins. Yes. Yeah, seasoning is not like salt and pepper and oregano. It's letting the wood <laughs> sit and dry and, um, I guess, release or evaporate off the moisture content inside it. I had heard the term seasoned comes from the average of four months to, uh, or the average, yeah, three to four months for a stick of firewood to dry out to where you can burn it. So it has to last a season. Yep. I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but I think we can go with that for now. I think we can. Yeah. That's kind of what <laughs> I've always heard it as too, is that, you know, if you, if you, if the woods is split and then it sits through a seasons like spring and summer and then fall, it's seasoned. So it's been through the seasons. <laughs> yeah. I had heard you say that you were always told that your firewood has to be split and stacked by Easter. Yes, for that fall to so, use yeah. in the winter time. But I think, but I think that had to do with more or less like the farming community I grew up in was, you know, after Easter is when you're starting to work on your crops, getting crops in the ground, so you're not worried about firewood anymore. So you want to have your firewood done by Easter, so that way you can focus on your farming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had noticed. Um, yeah, because we stack our wood. Uh, I've noticed that wood really does season uh, all throughout the year. I think as long as it's not frozen in the wintertime, uh, you know, the, that the moisture is going to come out of that log one way or the other. Yep. Uh-huh. And that's where I think the important thing is to get it stacked. Because if you leave it in a pile, the the logs that are down in, inside that pile can't get the air and the, the wind blowing through them. And all that moisture just accumulates and soaks in and turns turns moldy. Yes. Yeah. And I think the two main factors that everyone always talks about are wind and sun. But I think wind is the bigger, the bigger contributing factor to seasoning firewood. Yeah. Well, I can speak from experience here. I have noticed, especially in the summertime, when the sun's out and it's hot, I'll come out at night and walk down one of the rows and I can feel the heat coming off of the, the stack of wood, you know, so those logs are soaking in heat and that's where it's working that water out. Yeah. And it seems like that, that heating and cooling and heating and cooling. I don't know. Is that convection? What is that called? Where, uh, you know, that, I think that really when that starts helping that water work its way out of the log. 
yeah. um, when you split it open you know that face that you're now seeing is just you know sometimes it's just wet to the touch but it dries out quick but there's still that water that's you know deep inside deep that, inside that, yep and that's that got to get firewood. Wick, wicked out is that what they call it when you wick out the moisture <laughs> <laughs> i like it i think we can go with it yeah and then the important thing you know for getting the water out of logs is not only because it's easier to light and easier to get your fire going but especially if you're burning it in a in your house with all that moisture the heat is is not being used to you know radiate heat into your house it's being used to boil away the water that's still inside that 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 stick and that creates incomplete burning and combustion and that tar and creosote gathers on your your pipe your your right. flue <laughs> and if you get enough of it you that stuff can light on fire because it's flammable and you, know, you can get a flue fire and potentially you know burn down your house right yep yeah yeah so this isn't just about style yeah this is substance here you know about making sure you're buying or buy well burning season firewood the other thing too dan is these new epa stoves that's got that catalyst in it or that recycler they demand dry firewood yes they do because uh, you can gum that thing up and then just make it you know lose all of the benefits of a uh of a recycler like that yeah mm -hmm. so what so what is your have you tried out different methods of stacking? Like, have you ever tried the uh, the Holzhausen or whatever it's called, the round stack? Or you always been traditional single row stack, three inches apart? Yeah, I had heard once upon a time that you stack your rows with enough gap that a mouse can get between them. Yep. And I had been cheating closer and closer. And it was in a stack of wood. I had about 10 rows all stacked with about, you know, a hand width between, between the rows. And I got mold and it was oh. a disaster. Yeah, it was a disaster. I, I they were, um, you know, they were, I had a, a section that was facing east and west and one that was facing north and south and they all got mold. Hmm. So what I've started doing now is I leave a pretty healthy space between the rows and like I go for free pallets and I'll just lay my pallets down in a single file and I'll stack one row on one edge of the pallet and another row on the other edge. So I got, you know, if you think about how wide a pallet is, there's two rows of wood on it. Yeah. So there is a pretty big space. It's not a full length of 16 inches in between them, but it's, it's pretty good. I haven't had any mold uh, ever since. Oh, that kind of makes me worry because I just recently stacked some wood on a four foot wide pallet and I put three rows on it and they're pretty close together on the inside. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's the traditional way of stacking it anyways. And I think if it's just like three rows, I think that there's still good circulation that gets in there. But it was this section of, of uh, where I have, I'm serious, I had like 10 rows Oh, cords. yep. And it was like, you know, if you start on one end, one, two, three, it was like four, five, six, seven, you know, that was really moldy. And then on the other side, it was like just the ones in the middle. Uh, but it, yeah, it just ruined all that wood, all that work, all that time to stack it. And it was just lesson learned. It ain't going to happen again. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, um, 
the the situation I alluded to earlier was I I tried last year uh, a few of those big face cord bulk firewood bags. Yeah, you just loosely toss the wood in and then you let them sit. Um, and How'd that go? It it went okay. Um, I just I just don't think that the airflow was enough. Again, you know, just that the tight mesh of those bags I just don't think let enough. Um, I may have had them in a position where they didn't receive, you know, the airflow they should have, but yeah. Yeah. How long were they in there? Uh, about 15 months. Are you serious? (laughs) But it was, it was red Oak. And so, you know, even, (laughs) even stacked out in the middle of nowhere, Oak is going to probably not season that good in 15 months. Yeah. So you didn't put like any maple or ash or beach in any of those bags. It was all Oak. Yep. Uh, Did you get any mold? Uh, I did have a little mold in a couple spots. Um, and again, you know, I think just like the water gets down in there and then the airflow isn't uh-huh. the greatest. Um, but my, you know, my biggest thing was just loading them. Like I just didn't have the way to load them. So mm-hmm. no ants, no ants, no, no ants, no bugs or anything like that. You know, I'm not sold on these bags. Now I'm in production. I just don't make firewood for myself, but and that's what I'm saying. For all the time that you mess around with those bags, you could probably have all of that wood stacked up in a single file. I don't know. Yeah. That's I what I kind of came to the conclusion as well. <laughs> yeah. And you know, for darn me. well, if that, yeah, if that wood was stacked for 15 months in a straight single file, it'd be dynamite firewood, you know? Yeah. Well, the uh, interesting thing was I, I received a comment on, I did a video on it on U, my YouTube channel and I received a comment from someone overseas and in Europe. And they said that their tradition there is to split the wood and let it sit for like three months and then put it in the bags for like delivering. So the wood is kind of semi seasoned when it goes into the bag. Uh huh. That makes more sense. Does that yeah, make- but you still have to buy the bag. <laughs> And you have to have a way to deliver it, you know, and lay yeah. it down on someone's driveway. And then the customer is going to want to have to deal with it, too. I don't know. Yeah. it's it... uh, don't, don't you think if you were a customer, wouldn't you rather just have the, uh, you know, if you're going to stack it yourself around the back of the house, wouldn't you rather just have the wood just dumped loosely on your driveway than having it set into a big bag? Well, you know, I'm not sure. No. <laughs> If I had the, if I had the, if they had a way to, um, like unload the bag with like maybe a crane or something and, you know, set it inside my garage or set it somewhere, that's then less mess to deal with than a big, you know, cord of face cord of wood dumped in my driveway that I got to sweep up the bark and pick all the pieces up. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It it just seems like going in and out of that darn bag. <laughs> where you just you know, just pick stuff up off and put it in a wheelbarrow or something. I don't know. I did I did unload one just the other day just by hand and it, it's actually not too bad when you open it no. up wide and then the sides kind of fold down as you unload it. So Okay. How long do you think that bag's gonna last? Well, that's the interesting thing, is that um there is they're sold and they're advertised to set out in the open, you know, full sun. And you should be able to use them three, four, five seasons, you know, each year reuse them. Uh-huh. 
But then on the label, it had a little diagram that showed, do not keep these bags out in the sun <laughs> because the oh, UV gosh. rays will deteriorate <laughs> them. <laughs> uh, did you notice they had deteriorated any uh, compared to new? Um, not, not really, but I didn't have a few tears just from like the edges of pieces, like pushing uh -huh. through and, you know, ripping them. So they didn't feel like brittle or like turning to powder and no. flex the fabric. I would, but I would say that you'd probably get two, maybe three seasons, three reuses, reuses of them. If you were lucky, yeah. it just, it's hard on them. I see a role for them you know, for a particular operation, but I don't know, not for seasoned firewood because, uh, could you imagine putting all that wood? I mean, you would, you could really speed up your production, you know, just spit all those logs into a bag and go fork them and set them somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know. Are you really going to deliver those to a customer's house? I guess you can, but whatever. But you know, for someone like me, we would still have to get our truck loaded Oh, and I'd hate to open that up in the wood. Yeah, it's like all yep. mold. Or there's a like a dead, you know, dead raccoon in the middle of it, you know, or just something. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, another, and Mark had alluded to this in his email. Another interesting thing is the, the species of wood. Uh, yeah. So, like, I know there's a lot of people who run wood just into a big pile, but that's mostly ash. And, like, ash being low moisture to begin with, I think you can get away with it, but have you ever noticed, like, I know you kind of separate out some of your species. Yes. And have you noticed anything with like, if you, you know, stacking like maple is different compared to stacking oak, cherry, ash. Yeah. Well, I would lump all of, I would like ash, maple, cherry, and not as much beech. But I'd lump those first three together. I think they're about all the same. Oak is oak and hickory. <laughs> they're, they oh. take a while. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah. take a long time. Beach is somewhere in between. Um, but, you know, I, I stack like a silver maple and I split them smaller. Man, they dry out fast. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I'm serious. I've had, especially in the heat of summer, I mean, they look. You know, the ends when the log starts to dry out and those ends get those cracks in them. That's called checking. Man, they, they, the moisture comes down low in them. So, you know, we, you measure your moisture content. It's scientific, Dan. It's not just, you know, by a, a sense. What? They have, yeah, they sell a moisture meter. You can buy them pretty expensive. You can buy them pretty cheap. And it's just a little handheld box with these two little needles and you stick them in the wood. And it tells you the moisture content. The magic number in firewood is 20%. But, you know, yeah. uh, you, you, you can see it burning decent, you know, 25, 30%. And who's to say that the meter is accurate? You know, you can apply other tests to a log <laughs> to make sure it's dried out. But, you know, the extreme other end of that is oak. Because a fresh split piece of oak my moisture meter will read ol for overload you know it won't yeah. even it's over it's too high <laughs> yeah it's too high to even rate it yeah so uh yeah that's just the way oak is it's a heavy dense wood and it takes a while for it to season yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah 
Yeah. I I see though, you know, wood at seasons and all four seasons, like I, I had said earlier about being frozen, obviously, but I still think, you know, there's no, you know, with the heat of summer and the wind blowing, especially where we are, because it seems to be windy all the time. Uh, the wood, <laughs> see as the wood really dries out fast out here. Yeah, that's that's the that's the one thing uh, with uh, my friend Rick at his wood yard. He's out in the open. He's got full sun all day, and the wind always blows. It's always yeah. blowing. Mm-hmm. But you know, the emphasis though is to get the wood seasoned to get it dry. I um, I just think that you cannot beat stacking it. It's worth the time. It's worth the effort. It's your biggest return on investment, I think, with firewood. Yeah. Because it also, yeah. I think, takes up less space in your wood yard. And yep. it just, it's, yeah, I, I would it agree. Great. I try to stack everything I can. We, I will stack some, every year I stack a row of oak strategically off my barn because it makes a snow fence. It keeps the drifts down by the door. You know, <laughs> yeah. but I think you can. You could get real creative. You've ever seen these stacks of wood with like artwork in them yes, and stuff. Yes, I love them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this, Dan. What about covering? Uh, if you do stack your wood, do you cover it? I try to in the winter. So like October-ish, end of October, I try to either put a tarp or some sheets of steel or something over my stacks. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's just to keep, you know, the snow from in the spring just being a huge tsunami of water getting into the wood pile. How about the? <laughs> but I would, but I would love. I'm, I'm eventually planning to have all of my wood be under a roof where it does oh, not wow. get hit rained on. Now that's wood that you're, you're using for your furnace. You're right. No, that's wood that I'm selling. Oh, okay. The wood that I burn in my boiler, I don't care what it looks like. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> I like the fact that I have a wood shed, so I can stay out of the rain when I'm uh, out you know, tending to my furnace. <laughs> I never fill it all the way full because I want to have a little space for me in there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I have gotten away from covering wood. And I have opinions, Dan, and I'm not, a, and I'm not afraid to share them. Oh boy. Hang on. Let me I, get the beat button ready. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I, um, I, I believe in science and I believe that all of this stuff, you know, you can get an objective truth about everything I'm about to say. Um, but I also operate at a level of practicality. And if there is a benefit from covering your wood versus not covering the wood, that's where I'm saying it's at a scientific level to where people you know that operate on a level of practicality wouldn't appreciate it and that's what i don't i don't cover wood i've gotten away from it uh, i think in fact it's good for the logs to get rained on and for them to dry off it seemed like every time i covered wood the wood was filthy uh you know when you bring it in the house there's always a poof of dust when you'd set it down it's like covered in dirt the rodents get into it, the, the possum, the raccoons get into it under those tarps. And I just, I just got away from it. I don't see the benefit of spending all the money on tarps and, you know, getting them secured, weighted down and all. Yeah. I, I just think 
the wood's fine. Just let it get rained on, let it get snowed on. The only time I will cover it though, is if I know there is a snowstorm coming and I need that little section of wood. Yep. You know, I think that cause I don't want to get the snow all over my gloves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, I don't see any benefit to covering it. And that would also go into other opinions. And I know people have strong opinions and I would never you know, debate this with you. I think you can do what you want and believe what you want, but like this bark up, bark down stacking. I don't know, Dan, I don't, I don't see any benefit one way or the other. I'm, I'm a bark down until the top few rows and then I'm a bark up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's science behind it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there well, is. Oh well, yeah. Because if you think of it, the bark holds the moisture in right when the tree is alive that's its outer skin and when water evaporates it rises so if your bark is down the water is evaporating up out of your piece of wood (laughs) i just made that up right now (laughs) (laughs) well you are wearing a lab coat and you have a micro and you have a microscope in front of you yes But but back to the covering, I, I will agree that when you cover a stack of wood with like a tarp, that is where I think you do run into issues. And my plan is to have uh, kind of like smaller shelters where like the roof is probably, there's probably like a foot or two foot gap above your stack. And so it just, it's, it's pretty much open on four sides. It's just not getting rained on. Yeah. I don't know. I just found that when my, when the, when wood doesn't get rained on, it just, I don't know. I have a lot of, you ever get those really small, like black mold dots on the Yes. I was just looking at them today. Yeah. And I don't (laughs) know if that's from moisture or the sugars in the wood. Yeah. I don't know. I was splitting beech logs this morning and uh, the gray bark, like beech has like this elephant skin kind of bark. It's like real brittle. And it had, uh, some of them just had those little black balls on it. It was, ugh. Yeah. But they're like, they don't come off. They're like hard, man. You know, they're like stuck on and uh, they don't smear. They're not poofy or anything like that. But, uh, but these were on rounds that have been left in a pile. Oh. Uh, just because yeah. I haven't felt like, I haven't felt like splitting them <laughs> <laughs> until recent. I could be just as lazy as the next guy. Some of these projects, you know, just they'll lay right in front of you and you just don't notice them anymore. Right. That's, that's, <laughs> I've, yeah, got a, so I've been trying to get this split open. I've got a little pile in my wood yard that I just, every day I, I'm just hoping the next day I come out and it's gone, but it hasn't disappeared yet. <laughs> yeah. You know, Dan, we are leaving out one other way of drying wood and I don't have much experience with it, uh, but I do have observations and that is kiln drying oh yes yep firewood do you do you have any no you have zero experience i i find it an interesting um practice and in a way it seems that it more benefits the producer than the the customer but the big benefit for kiln drying for a customer is in theory it's killed all the bugs and the mold uh, growing on on the logs. 
you know but i think that's where you got to be really reliable on a good vendor and their process because you could still have it kiln dried and have it kiln dried to the greatest degree of all but if you then leave it sit outside you know or right. left it in a or to where like mold or, or critters can get into it you know or other bugs then you lose all the benefit yeah uh, you know the objective is to get the moisture content in that log down so if you stack it maybe that wood's got to sit there for a year to get down to 20 percent if it is kiln dried in theory you can get it down in a couple days so your producer can turn that cord over faster and make their money and get it sold uh, other yep. benefits would be if it's a USDA certified kiln, you can now transport it over state lines if you have a bundle business or if you live on a border between states. Yep. Um, you know, I know there's no firewood police out there, but you still got to play by the rules. Yeah. Uh huh. And, but, you know, people and certain homeowners will pay a premium for kiln dried, which. You know, I'd have to crunch the numbers here for a business model to understand your return on investment and how much more money you can get per cord if it's kiln dried and how big is the kiln. And in theory, how much wood can you kiln dry in a year? Yeah. <laughs> uh, with, you know, with the expense of the, the fuel to create the heat and the electricity to move the air. Yeah. It's, it's a big undertaking. I mean, you got to uh -huh. be moving a lot of wood, I think. Yeah. It seems like there isn't all the kilns that I see are big. I don't see other than homemade ones, you know, like a commercial kiln that just does one cord. Yeah. I don't know. I... You know, that would be something if it was affordable that I would be willing to look into. Uh, I but I think they I don't may... know. I think I've seen smaller kilns that are kind of geared towards like sawmill, you know, for like, for like drying out lumber that you right. could possibly fit like three IBC totes in to, you know, do a cord. Uh -huh. But yeah, I don't know. I have. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever make a kiln work here. I think if you do store it, it's gotta be in a building, you know? Right. I mean, are you really going to put all that time and effort and expense into kiln drying a quart of firewood, you know, just to leave it outside? Right. Because I don't know. There's got to also be a little like re whatever resorption, reabsorbing of moisture from the air. You know, if you take a yeah. piece of wood down to 14, 15% moisture and you let it sit outside for three months in, in Ohio in the summertime right. with 90% humidity there's got to be a little bit that goes back. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's where to advertise, you know, the benefit of kiln drying, I think it's, you know, killing all the bugs. Yep. You know, but I, I am, I don't know if I'm highly biased. I can just speak from experience here. Yeah. The firewood that we make when it is split, usually the logs that we get are green. You know, these are trees that were just cut down within you know, within the last few weeks. When we make them in the firewood, they are immediately stacked. There's no bugs in them. And yep. when you stack firewood and it's off the ground and it's out in the open, you don't get bugs. You know, you can get an occasional one here and there, but you don't get an infestation. And you don't get mold. 
and, and, and it dries out on its own. Yeah, I, you know, the wood that we deliver, it's just gorgeous firewood and it's soft because we hand stack it. But, you know, that's what, what I've had to do in order to grow my business is try to get a year ahead of my, of my wood because we sell seasoned wood. I don't split and sell. So, you know, the wood that we're making now won't be sold until the fall. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, I think, you know, again, when you're talking about stacking your wood, uh, that's, I think we, we both agreed, right? That's the best way to properly season it. Yeah, it is. The problem for me though, because I'm a producer, (laughs) you know, if I'm a homeowner and if I go through two cords a year in my fireplace, that's kind of easy to stack. Yeah. My outdoor wood furnace, I go from where 10 to 12 to 15 cords a year. That's, eh, that's easy to stack. But in production, when you're selling 150 to 200 cords, you know, for a small, I consider myself a small firewood operation. That's a lot of work. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> that's, that's like stacking a, a cord every day you know, five days a week and you get Saturday and Sunday off, you know, after a while it gets old. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was, that's what made me want to look at those bags. But the more I started looking into them and how I would have to build my operation around them. eh, I don't know. I'm not sold on them. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. Well, you know, and for me, my main thing was just trying to add convenience for my personal use. So not even, Mm -hmm. not even necessarily on the business side of it, but yeah. But I'm all for trying different ways and different things. I am not a person that, you know, believes that everything that I do is the only way and the best way. I'm all open for new ideas and stuff. And that's just my commitment to being practical, being efficient and trying to improve. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, we've said this many times, if you haven't, listen to past episodes, but we're not here trying to tell people what they are doing. We're just talking about what we do. So <laughs> if you run your wood into a 30 foot stack of, you know, on stack firewood and it's working for you, that's, that's great. We're just saying yep. from our experience, stacking. Yeah. That's my experience has worked the best, mm-hmm. but the emphasis is got to get that moisture content down. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Let it get, let it dry out from the inside out and you'll have a happy winter time. Yes. Surprisingly, water does not burn. (laughs) (laughs) So get the water out of your wood and it'll burn. Yeah. The one customer I had that was delivered green oak, he said he called it fire retardant (laughs) firewood, he said. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yep. All right, Mark, I want to really thank you for sending us that email. And I hope that we answered your question or left you with confusion and (laughs) angst. (laughs) If we did, send us another email. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, Dan, maybe this is a good time to start playing our music here as we uh, shut down for the day. Yeah, let's hit it. All right. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning in and making the Woodhounds podcast a worldwide phenomenon. Yes, the number one firewood podcast in the world. We appreciate it. We love you, Woodhounds. Thanks for tuning in. And everyone everyone have...
<laughs> a very not. cool day. <laughs>